Hey everybody, and thank you for listening to our podcast, The Advocate's Corner. My name is Janet Toller, and I am the Volunteer and Community Education Coordinator. Hello everyone, my name is Stacy Short, and I am the County Service Coordinator for Chesterfield County. For those of you who may be unfamiliar with PD Coalition, um, we are a nonprofit volunteer organization dedicated to the reduction of family violence, sexual assault, and child abuse, and to the needs of victims. So it's two parts. First part is the prevention, and then taking care of the survivors is the second part. Now that we have taken care of that information and sharing, let us dig into part one of our series on hindsight doesn't have to be 2020. Our topic today is red flags and cycle of abuse as it relates to DV. We thank you for joining in on our podcast today. We ask you to sit back, grab a pen, grab paper and something to drink as we take you on a, on a journey and the discovery of some red flags as it relates to de- domestic violence. Are you in a relationship with someone who is jealous every time you spend time with family, friends, or anyone but them. Today we will be be discussing some of the red flags for people to look for when dating someone who might be an abuser. But first, I'd like to get into what is domestic violence? Domestic violence is a pattern of behaviors used to gain or maintain power and control over a partner. It's not just physical abuse, which most people think and believe that the physical abuse is the only type of domestic violence. Um, Understanding the different types of abuse can better prepare you so you can identify with them when you see them. They are, well, physical, sexual, emotional, verbal, psychological, and financial. So the example that I gave earlier about the partner always being jealous when you're with anyone but them would fall under psychological abuse. They are trying to isolate you from everyone else so that they have all of the power and control. Now I'm going to go over the power and control wheel. It is a diagram that is a particularly helpful tool to understand the overall pattern of abuse and violent behaviors which are used by an abuser to establish and maintain control over their partner. And the first thing is intimidation, making them feel afraid by using looks, actions, and gestures, smashing things, destroying their property, abusing pets, or displaying weapons. Um, The next one is emotional abuse, putting putting them down, making them feel bad about themselves, calling them names, making them think that they're crazy, playing mind games, humiliating them, making them feel guilty. The next is isolation, which we kind of already talked about, but controlling what they do, when they do it, and who they talk to, what they read, where they go, and limiting them to outside involvement, using jealousy to justify actions. So the next thing is minimizing, denying, and blaming, making light of the abuse and not taking their concerns about it seriously, saying the abuse didn't happen, shifting responsibility for abusive behavior, and saying that they caused it. The next is using children, making them feel guilty about their children, um, using the children to relay messages, using visitation to harass them, 
threatening to take the children away. Next is the economic abuse, preventing them from getting or keeping a job, making them ask for money or giving them an allowance, taking their money and not letting them know about, about or have access to family income. Um, male privilege is next, treating them like a servant, um, making all the big decisions, acting like the master of the castle, and being the one to define men, men and women's roles. And the last one is cohesion and threats, making and or carrying out threats to do something to hurt the other person, threatening to leave them, commit suicide, um, report to DSS, making them drop charges, um, making them do illegal things. Thank you, Janet. Thank you for sharing the overall pattern of abusive and violent behavior through the power and control will. Now I will be sharing um, a list of characteristics, which are red flags that are designed to help you or someone that you care about determine if you or they are in a violent and an abusive relationship. Please understand that not all of these characteristics that I will list need to be present for a relationship to be abusive. I will be sharing these in terms of a, re a relationship may uh, be abusive if your partner does blank and blank. So let's start with the first one. Let's delve right in. The first one would be a relationship may be abusive if your partner feels he or she has the right to dictate your behavior your privileges or response and your opinion. It can also be abusive if that person demonstrates ownership of you or extreme possessiveness, saying things like, I can't live without you or you are my whole world or that there's nothing more important than you in my world, that I love you more than I love myself. It can be it can show signs to be abusive if they blame you for his or her problems in their behavior. So mean that they become angrily, easily or set off. They contribute to something that you did is as to why they are acting in that manner. A relationship may be abusive if your partner isolates you. They don't allow you or don't want you to have access to family and friends. They tend to want you to only be around them. They tend not to have relationships with other adults outside of you um, for whatever reason. A relationship is abusive if they need to know constantly where your whereabouts, wanting you to spend all of your free time with them, with him or her. If they often humiliate you in public, an, a relationship may be abusive if that person forces you to have sex or perform sexual acts. Oftentimes, a lot of people are led to believe if you are married to someone that they have a right to your body anytime that they choose. But that's totally wrong. There's a law that says that if you said no and you're not consenting, whether you are married or not, then it's an act of rape if someone takes sex from you and you have not consented. A relationship is often abusive if the person insists on controlling all of the money, both your money and his or her money, never letting you make any decisions when it comes to household um, things, purchases or anything, you not knowing what's going out and what's coming in. Um, that person may be in an abusive relationship 
if they're always criticized by um, their appearance, their weight or what they wear, often told sometimes that you're dressing like um, right um, hoish or that it's inappropriate what you're wearing, um, you're just trying to get someone's attention. Oftentimes you're in an abusive relationship. If you're pressured to live together with that person or they constantly pressure you into marriage before you're ready, you're in an abusive relationship. If you if that person you with becomes angry when you have a difference of opinion that's other than his or hers and that you don't take their advice. Oftentimes, it's an abusive relationship when that person you with show jealousy towards your children, your family, your friends, or your job. Oftentimes, not wanting you to work outside of the home, even though financially that you, um, you don't, you're not equipped for it just to be a one person that's working in the household, but they rather just struggle in terms of keeping you under their tabs. You're in an abusive relationship if that person that you with tends to have a dual personality, a Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, meaning that they can be charming in public. Um, everyone thinks they're such the greatest person. They actually work really hard so that other people can see them in that light. Yet when you're in private, they are violent and aggressive. Chances are you are in an abusive relationship. If that person disregards the law and feel that he or she is above the law, um, doing different things, whether it's driving without a license, um, drinking while impaired, um, and doing other things. Typically, when you have someone that shows abusive behavior, there are also some other dynamics that goes along with it, whether it be drugs or alcohol or a combination of them both. And lastly, you're most likely in an abusive relationship if that person has a history of domestic violence, meaning that in previous relationships that there is some domestic violence um, that that has occurred. Um, there is a website that anyone can go on and it's open to the public. It's usually in every county. Um, you would type in... Um, public index and the county that you're in, um, you would be able to pull up to see if that person you're with, you need to have their full name, their date of birth, and just the more information you have, the, the better it is for them to give you a definite match. But you can try to see if there's any type of domestic violence previously on that person's history, which kinds of speaks to um, if that person is just an ongoing issue with them. All of these things are signs and a lot of times we don't see them because if it's not always physical, we tend to discount them or not even notice them. If I can speak from a personal perspective, um, before I started doing this work, I would have never thought or would have viewed myself in a domestic violence situation. As mine had a lot of the same ailments that I have discussed with you previously here, as to the different characteristics, um, there was no physical involved, so it made it easier for me to discount the other characteristics that were present. 
So we all at some point in time have discounted some of the characteristics, but knowledge is power. So the more that we know, the better able we are to make informed choices about our life. Now we are going to share with you the cycle of abuse. There are three phases to the cycle. The first one is the honeymoon phase. It is, and in it, initially in the honeymoon phase, you may get flowers, um, jewelry, other gifts, and a really romantic, y'all really romantic show. They may show you their love, spend a lot of money with you, always calling you and wanting you to be with you or wanting to be with you. Tell you they love you um, really soon after meeting them, wanting to financially support you. Um, and then some of the things that are said after the cycle has been through one time um, with the honeymoon phase, I love you, I'm sorry, I was drunk, don't leave me, it'll never happen again, we can work it out, or I'll go for counseling, um, they beg for forgiveness, um, the gifts and everything might start again after the cycle's been through, um, they, they might say they'll quit drugs or alcohol, um, They'll, they'll regret and remorse. They'll talk about that. And then they'll also have suicidal threats, um, which will, you know, make a person want to stay so they don't hurt hurt themselves or you. Um, and the next phase is the, the second phase is the tension building phase. The person is experiencing the abuse, is aware that the tension is building within the relationship. The abusive partner may give the other partner the silent treatment, refusing to answer them or answering only in grunts. The abused individual tries to keep their abusive partner from being angry. For example, if he complains the children are too noisy, um, she might try and put them to bed or quiet them down. And if they if they don't if uh, if they don't like the clothes or the other partner is wearing. They will change the clothes um, in hopes that the partner will approve of what their new outfit looks like. Um, at this phase, some of the common terminology and actions used to control the abused individual are don't push it if you love me, questioning and jealousy, withdrawal and um, sulking, silent treatment, broken promises, manipulation and mind games, and blaming. The tension continues to grow and the explosive phase occurs. Now for the final and third phase of the cycle of abuse is the explosive phase. In this phase, this is the time that the abusive behavior occurs, whether it's verbal, emotional, sexual, or even physical. There is nothing the person who is experiencing abuse can do to prevent the abusive behavior. No matter what, the abusive individual will find an excuse to abuse. During this time, some of the actions used to control the abused individual are saying such things as, you pushed me too far this time. Why would you make me do this to you? A lot of times they will use some of the same terminology that they used in the tension building phase as to questioning and jealousy, um, possibly the manipulation and mind games and the blaming. Um, again, here they may be saying that I tried not to do it, but you caused me to do it. Some of the feelings that the abused person may be experienced during this explosive phrase is feeling frightened, 
feeling trapped, hopeless, or even numb. Remember, this has been a continuous cycle. So at this point, the as long as it continues on, they become more and more numb to the situation because they know that they're going to enter the na- next phase, but being hopeful that the abuse will stop. Some of the behavior that the, the victim may be um, displaying is that they try to protect themselves by fighting back or they'll just submit helplessly or may even try to get away and seek some help. Over the last two decades, South Carolina has ranked in the top 10 for DV being an ongoing social issue. Well, we have finally made it out of the top 10, thankfully. But let's not get too comfortable because there is still much work and awareness needed to hopefully one day we'll be able to eradicate DV altogether. During this pandemic, we initially was not getting a lot of calls pertaining to DV here in our Chesterfield County site. Most individuals, although they may have recognized they were in an abusive relationship, um, they chose to, um, they were more really frightened by the unknown of the pandemic than to make any drastic move. So after months of being shut in, now we're seeing many victims um, are having a wearing effect from that verbal and emotional and psychological abuse. And that they're seeing that it still takes its toll on you, regardless if there is not any physical aspects to go along with it. Um, One of the things we're also noticing now that the children are doing virtual schooling, more and more children are being subjected to abusive behavior of their loved ones, which is propelling our victims to want out of an abusive situation. So as we wrap up this segment of hindsight is not 2020 as it relates to domestic violence, Know that PD Coalition is here for individuals that want out. If you or someone you know would like more information about our services, you can call our Chesterfield site at 843-623-7364. Or you can call our 24-hour crisis line at one 800 273 1820. We thank you for your time. We hope that you enjoyed this segment. There will be many more segments to come. Um, Off of the series, Hindsight Doesn't Have to Be 2020. I'm Stacy Short. And I'm Janet Toller. And we'll be back again to share from the Advocates Advocates Corner. Corner. Have a great day.